You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. A day like any other day, you walk into your favorite big box store to get some groceries, maybe some paper products, take a look through the new seasonal stuff that you just can't live without, and then you see a man with a gun. You hide and call 911. 911 start ringing. When both lines of 911 are full, they roll over to our landlines, and that's four more lines. Those are all full. After those fill, it goes to another agency. The call begins. 911, where's your emergency? Scared female tells me that she just heard a gunshot inside a big box store. I verify the store's name and ask her if she saw what happened. She said she didn't see the shooting, but when she heard it, she took cover and looked in the direction of the shot. Was there more than one gunshot? No, just one. Where in the store did this happen? They're up by the registers. There's two men, they're fighting. Well, where's the gun? I I don't know, I can't see it. The black guy who works here, and I know he works here because he's wearing the vest, he might be security, was trying to get the other guy on the ground. Can you tell me what the other guy looked like? She told me he was a white male. In his late 40s, maybe his 50s, he was yelling and fighting back, but she can't see anything else. I tell her to stay where she is as long as she feels safe. Before I disengage the call, I let her know that the police and EMS are en route, and I need to start taking some of the other 911 calls coming in. Second caller, 911, where is your emergency? You have an active shooter in a big box door! I'm sorry, did you say an active shooter? Have there been multiple shots fired? No. There's a guy somewhere in the front of the store who shot a guy, and now they're on the ground. So I verify. You said you only heard one gunshot, and you believe someone was shot. Can you tell if there's any injuries and where the wound is? Caller tells me, I don't know, but I think he shot the guy he was yelling at. Where are they located in the store? Oh, no, I I don't know. I ran out to the parking lot. I'm in my car calling you now. Well, thank you for calling. Police and EMS are on the way. I disengaged that call. Third caller. This one on my landline. The details come in fast and choppy. 911, where's your emergency? This is the manager of the big box store. Okay, just so you know, police should be there any minute and medics are coming too. Can you tell me where the suspect is? He's on the ground in front of me. I'm holding the gun on him and told him not to move. My other employee is here too. He's the one that got the gun away from him and got him to the ground. 
I explained this all to my sergeant who had just gotten on scene so that he would know that somebody was still in possession of the weapon. I explained to the manager my sergeant was almost to him and that he was going to need him to put the gun on the ground, but listen to what the sergeant tells him to do and do everything he says. And the manager did. My call disconnects. Deep breath. Whew. Wow. What a crazy call. There's a lot more to the story and I can't wait to share it with you. You're never going to believe the rest of this story. I need to take a little break. This will give you the opportunity to hear from my sponsors and see how they can help you. Then join me back here on scene. I am Lisa and you're being digitally dispatched. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Hey, this is Lisa at Digitally Dispatched. I'm back from break. Are you ready to hear more about this crazy shooting? The call continues. Before the break, I had just disconnected from the manager of the big box store because my sergeant was with him. So all is done, right? No way. 911 calls, believe it or not, are still pouring in even though we're on scene. Here are shortened versions of what I was getting. Ma'am, there's a shooter in the big box store and I'm hiding in a dressing room. Can I come out? There's an active shooter at the big box store and you need to get the cops here right now. Uh, We heard gunshots in the big box store and we're hiding all the way in the back of the store. What should we do? Ma'am, I'm in some office and I'm afraid to come out. Where should I go? What should I do? Yeah, when we heard the gun go off, we all ran out of the big box store into the field just behind the store. 
Should we stay here? Ma'am, I just ran out of the big box store and got into my car. Can I go home or do I got to stay? Okay, now when all these calls came in, everyone was asked, did you see exactly what happened? All of them said no. I asked, how many gunshots did you hear? Most of them said one. There was a couple that said, I don't know, it was either one or two. I asked if they were injured. All of them said no. I asked where they were located. I verified where they were in the store or outside the store. All of them were told that the police were either on the way or already on scene. Those that were outside of the building were told that they were clear to leave because officers had not only the suspect but the gun and the scene was secure. They were free to go home because they weren't witnesses of what actually happened, so they were free to leave. One person actually asked me if they were clear to go back in and finish their shopping. They were told no. (laughs) The store was on lockdown and they could come back another day. They were fine with that. During all of these phone calls, my partner and myself took turns on the radio. Usually, one works the radio, one works the phones. But when things like this happen, you have to work in concert with your partner. We're both taking 911 calls, we're both fielding all the answers, and we're both jumping on the radio to give out the information to our officers. Just how it happens. We had other agencies hearing what was going on over scanner and they were heading to our big box store. After the calls died down, I was able to coordinate with our detectives who were on scene as to where to send those other agencies, as well as the media. The resolution. Roughly 60 plus 911 calls are received. Location of big box store acquired and confirmed. Police and EMS Dispatch to location, location of suspect, employee, manager, and weapon, acquired and confirmed. Officers seize the gun and detain the suspect. Filling in the blanks. How did all of this really go down? With all the information that came into us, like we said earlier, it's fast, it's choppy, and let's put all that in perspective. The man who did the shooting apparently was having a bad day and needed a few things from his big box store. When he came in, according to callers and witnesses, he looked angry. He was rude to people as he walked through the store. The suspect was standing near the self-checkout aisle and complaining loudly that there wasn't enough checkers and not enough registers open. He didn't want to wait in line, apparently. The employee approached him and asked him to just simmer down a little bit, calm down, and this made him even more angry. The employee heard what he thought to be a racial slur. He confronted the suspect, and the suspect took a swing at him. The fight started. That's when the suspect reached into his pocket and pulled out a gun. The employee was able to knock the gun to the ground. However, the suspect was able to get to the weapon and fired it into the air. The employee stated that the bullet went right past his face, but fortunately, it didn't strike him. Once the manager got to his employee and the suspect, the gun had already been knocked away from him, which was good, The employee held on to the subject until police arrived. The manager grabbed the gun and held on to it again until our officers arrived. Like I said earlier, according to our callers, the manager had the gun on the suspect. 
but he really didn't. He was just holding the gun until my sergeant arrived and he was able to give the gun over to him. The employee was taken away from the scene once the officers were on scene to be interviewed by them. The employee sustained minor injuries and needed no medical attention. However, the suspect got beat up pretty bad by the employee and was taken to the hospital for medical attention. And he was later arrested for assault first with a gun. All the people that were tucked away in the offices and the changing rooms located throughout the store, they were all accounted for and they were asked for their statements if they had witnessed anything. If so, they were asked to fill out statements. The rest of them were able to leave and go back home. All the subjects who had fled the building were advised that they were clear to go home from the store and that the store would be closed while they processed the scene. What the caller did right. Well, in this case, we didn't just have a caller. We had numerous callers. Like I said, we had over 60 calls that came in on 911. And that was just at my agency. I don't even know how many rolled over to the other agencies that take our calls when we're filled up. But what the callers did right was they called immediately. They knew the name of the big box store. And since it's our only one in our city, I didn't have to verify the address. I knew exactly where it was. All the callers answered the questions that were being asked of them, which was awesome. We were able to dispatch the police and EMS very quickly. There were a few callers that were a little bit overwhelmed and unable to answer some of our questions. But we were able to calm them down, and as a whole, we were able to get a lot of good information in a very short period of time. What I learned as a dispatcher. The biggest takeaway in this call for me was the difference between a shooting and an active shooter. Most of our calls that came in were telling me of a shooting that just happened at the big box store, which was very accurate. There were a couple of people that said we have an active shooter. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is that a shooter is someone that fires a shot, maybe two, and that's it. An active shooter, if you think maybe Columbine, they were active shooters. They went into this school to shoot the place up and kill as many people as they could. They're actively shooting. That's where active shooter comes from. In this case, it was a shooting. So when I had the caller tell me he had an active shooter, that's why I changed up my questioning. How many shots were fired? Was it just one or were there several? And was there one person or was there many? Because with an active shooter, usually it's one or two people. So I needed to verify that. That's where our questioning differs just a little bit between shooter and active shooter. I do have a personal story in reference to an active shooter. I went to the University of Iowa. That's where I graduated from. Go Hawkeyes! While I was at the University of Iowa, we actually had an active shooter. And the situation was that there was two students up for a scholarship. The one not chosen is the one that went on the rampage. Apparently he had other mental issues going on too, but we didn't know that until after the fact. But when it happened, the student made a plan to take out everyone he felt had wronged him. He knew when they were having their meetings and the board of his specific discipline was in a meeting 
with some of the student advisors. Believe it or not, this happened on Halloween. And that's important because when he walked into the boardroom and had a gun, everybody thought it was a toy gun. They kind of laughed and said, hey, what are you doing? You know, is there something we can help you with? This student said absolutely nothing. He was completely silent. He walked up to the head of the department, put the gun against the back of his head, fired one shot. He went down, stepped to the next person, did the same thing. It was crazy. He killed four, I think four people in that room. Everybody else jumped under the desks and were trying to hide, but he knew specifically who he wanted to target. And it was those four people. After he shot those four people, obviously dead, they were all shot in the back of the head, he went to the office of the registrar. And I'm not sure who he was looking for. That never came out. But he fired one shot as he walked up to the desk. And unfortunately, a young woman who was working in the registrar's office on work study had gotten in the way of the bullet. She was shot right through the neck did not kill her, but it did paralyze her from the neck down. She did survive. She went on to continue her studies at the University of Iowa, which was wonderful. She graduated. And last I had heard, she was doing a great job. However, she had to suffer because this man didn't get his scholarship. Back to the story, after he shot her, he couldn't find the person that he wanted to shoot in the registrar's office, so he left. During this time period, the police arrived on scene, the university was on lockdown, my phone's ringing off the hook because everybody wants to know if I'm okay, which I was, I was at home when this all happened, but school was on lockdown, he knew that the police were closing in, and went to a random building away from the registrar's office, went into the stairwell, and shot himself. The reason I go into such detail about this active shooter and talking about the difference between a shooter versus an active shooter is because there's so many other resources that we have to pull in, not just on a shooting call, we have all the officers respond with neighboring cities coming to help us, but in an active shooter, they, they have to pull in even more resources, including SWAT teams and county police and so on, they are on the hunt for the shooter. And in this case at the university, that shooter wasn't found for a couple of hours. And once he was found, and obviously his body was taken away because he had taken his own life, it wasn't until then that they could lift the lockdown on the school. Until they neutralized the suspect, everything had to stay on lockdown for everyone's safety. The legacy. This call reminds me that no matter where you live, how big or small your community is, that you have to be situationally aware at all times because anything can happen at any time. I never would have thought in my small town that we'd have a shooter at our local big box store, but we did. On any given day or night, I could have been one of those people at that store. We all just need to make sure that we pay attention to what's around us. The people, even though they're strangers, who they are, what they look like that are around us. So that if something were to happen, 
will be able to give a full account to the dispatcher when we call 911. I'd like to know, have any of you found yourself in a situation where there was a shooting or someone displayed a weapon as a threat? Head over to my website at digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and tell me what you think. Dispatcher nuggets of knowledge. 39,383 people died as a result of gun violence in 2019. Every day, 90 people are unintentionally shot in the U.S. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched. <laughs>